In the fifth installment of its Water Texas series, Circle of Blue looks at how water serves the length and breadth of the Texas economy. The five miles of Cypress Creek that flow through the hill country town of Wimberley distill the essence of the role that water plays in the Texas economy. Though it has miles of dry channel upstream, the creek's permanent flow starts at Jacob's Well, a famed Hayes County artesian spring. From there, Cypress Creek flows clear and steady for about five miles before it meets the Blanco River. Along the way, it encounters a popular swimming area known as Blue Hole, slips by a number of residences, and glides through Wimberley's scenic center of shops, restaurants, and hotels. In 2011, Hayes County's population was doubling to well over 200,000 residents. The driest year in Texas was unfolding, and a research team from Texas State University's Meadows Center for Water and the Environment arrived from San Marcos. They focused on Wimberley, population 3,000, and began a two-year study. It offered one of the most thorough assessments of the economic value of a small stream ever conducted in the United States. The researchers gathered detailed data and used complex financial formulas to quantify what property buyers understand instinctively, that home and land values are enhanced by proximity to the creek. The study suggested that these enhanced values offered increased opportunities for property tax revenues, and some of that money could help protect the creek and riparian areas. The Texas State Group said that Cypress Creek was Wimberley's prime natural asset, and a major reason the town attracted 250,000 visitors in 2010. The creek, it found, was responsible for much, and perhaps most, of the town's recreational and tourism business. In 2010, the recreational and tourism sector was valued at over $60 million, and it sustained 517 retail jobs. The study's authors said that the year highlights the role that the creek plays in Wimberley's economy. In fine detail, the Cypress Creek research illustrated the complex, multidimensional influence of fresh water in a small-town Texas economy. Though just a glimpse into a tiny region of a mammoth state, the study helped to define the critical impact that adequate supplies and harmful shortages exert on the economic well-being of all of Texas. It is a state whipsawed more than any other by devastating seasons of drought and flood, often occurring in the same year. And big and tough as Texas may be, the punishment takes its toll. Texas has the second-largest economy of the United States, the ninth-largest in the world, approaching $2 trillion annually. That economy is entirely dependent on access to adequate supplies of water. Nearly 30 million Texas residents and almost 14 million workers need clean, fresh water. Supplying drinking water and treating wastewater is such a large industry in Texas that it employs over 10,000 workers, according to federal figures from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Impressive as that number may be, 
it is only a tenth of the number of livelihoods at risk when water is scarce. The 2011 drought, which parched nearly the entire state, caused $8 billion in agricultural losses. Some 500 million trees died in wildfires and drought that year, harming the state's $18 billion timber industry. The Texas State Comptroller said drought resulted in a loss of 100,000 jobs. The indirect cost of the 2011 drought was nearly $17 billion. Texas suffers from too little water, but it can also bear the cost of getting too much, too fast. From 1980 to 2018, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Texas led all the states, by far, in losses from severe storms and flooding. In 2017 alone, Hurricane Harvey, a Category 4 storm that stalled near Houston, caused $125 billion in damages. The enduring history of Texas, however, has been a dry one. The state spent the 1950s wrestling with the most severe period of drought in its contemporary history. It was a decade of hardship that pushed 100,000 Texas farmers and ranchers out of business. Since then, Texas has honed its water strategy to avoid cultural disruption and economic losses. But the state's ability to relieve drought cannot keep up with rapid population growth and industrial development. This gap means job losses, income reduction, and economic shortfalls. Texas published a five-year water plan in 2012 with recommendations from the State Water Development Board, the Central Water Data Gathering and Planning Agency. The board said that without action to conserve water and develop new supplies, a severe drought would be ruinous. It projected that by 2060, Water scarcity would push one million people out of work, reduce incomes by nearly $12 billion a year, and cost the economy nearly $116 billion. Texas got to work with water-saving measures for farmers in the panhandle and by increasing water-efficient electricity generation using wind and solar power. But even with these practical steps, when it was time for the next state water plan in 2017, the Texas Water Board said that much more was required to secure the state's water supply, and the stakes were higher. The Water Board projected that unless more effective water management practices were adopted, by 2070, job losses would total 1.3 million, the drop in annual income would be $73 billion, and total losses to the economy would reach $151 billion. Dr. Larry McKinney is executive director of the Heart Research Institute for Gulf of Mexico Studies in Corpus Christi. He said, water is the economy in Texas. It drives everything, particularly as you get less of it. And yet, in Texas and in so many other places, Water defies the classic market theory of supply, demand, and pricing. Water is scarce, demand is high, and yet prices do not rise as a result. This paradox is most profound in the state's $25 billion farm and ranch sector. 
Farmers and ranchers will consume about 60 percent of the water needed in Texas this year. And except for pumping, transport, and irrigation costs, farmers and ranchers who own their water rights pay nothing for their water. Farmers that rely on an irrigation district, such as rice growers served by the Lower Colorado River Authority, pay about 11 cents for 1,000 gallons. A study by the Dallas Federal Reserve Bank connected such low prices to a striking imbalance in the Texas economy between the sectors that use the most water and those that contribute the most to the economy. The bank said that though farmers use roughly six out of 10 gallons of available supply, agriculture's direct contribution to the economy is less than 1%. In cities served by municipal water utilities, the price of water is much higher, reflecting the cost of service. Water utilities in Austin, El Paso, and San Antonio set a tiered price structure for their customers. Those who use the most have the highest rates. These cities are regarded as some of the most ardent water-conserving metro centers in the world. But their utility managers all said that they are reluctant to raise water prices in order to encourage lower demand. Keeping water utility rates down is important to keep cities competitive in the marketplace. In national surveys of municipal water pricing, the three Texas cities are in the middle of the pack. Still, customers can expect higher water prices as cities prepare for scarcity. Major plans aimed at water security include pipelines, purchasing water rights, and both low- and high-tech efficiency approaches. Unlike water itself, the costs for water security projects do reflect market forces. In May, San Antonio opened a $1 billion pipeline to draw water from the Carrizo-Wilcox aquifer east of the city. The pipeline adds $12 to the average monthly residential water bill of $75. El Paso has spent almost $220 million to purchase acreage and water rights on land near Dell City, about 100 miles away. It says that at some point in the future, it may need a pipeline to get water from the region, a pipeline estimated to cost over a billion dollars. The place where supply and demand for water draw a bit closer to conventional market norms is in the Permian Basin. There, ranchers with water rights are selling their water to oil and gas developers for drilling and fracking. In Pecos County, ranchers and farmers near the western boundary with Reeves County have agreements to sell 12,000 acre-feet of water each year to oil and gas developers. Ty Edwards is the general manager of the Middle Pecos Groundwater Conservation District. He said the price for that water is 35 cents a barrel, or a little less than a penny a gallon. But it does add up. Sales of the contracted 12,000 acre-feet at full production will net those landholders a total of over $32 million. I'll tell you, said Edwards, they don't have to farm that land now. Almost seven years ago, Texas voters approved a $2 billion loan fund to support billions more dollars in water supply and conservation projects for drought resiliency. 
So far, it has helped finance over 50 projects valued at over $8 billion. The latest state water plan anticipates that Texas will need $63 billion more to fund over 5,000 water supply and conservation projects. Almost 60% will be assistance from the state. The next Texas state water plan is due in 2022, and its price tag is far from clear. Up for debate is the mix of projects proposed by local governments, water utilities, river authorities, irrigation districts, and groundwater conservation districts. Are new billion-dollar reservoirs and pipelines a logical response to scarcity? Or are cheaper projects, like fixing leaks in irrigation canals and city pipes, a smarter investment? Can buildings which conserve water, like those built in Austin, be duplicated in other cities? But there is no question about the essential need for adequate water supplies. Across Texas, the forces binding water and well-being are reflected in the state's economy and way of life. One such union between a Texas place and the value of water is so stellar it's known around the world. That place is San Antonio's Riverwalk. The Riverwalk was initially designed as a flood protection bypass for the San Antonio River. It has become a 15-mile pedestrian pathway through the entire city, a shimmering showcase of restaurants, night spots, and hotels that is usually alive with thousands of visitors. Other cities in the United States and around the world have tried to duplicate the restoration efforts that created the Riverwalk. Oakland, California approved a bond for nearly $200 million to remove concrete culverts and restore natural flows for streams leading down to Lake Merritt, the city's centerpiece park. Seoul, South Korea, spent $384 million to demolish a central city highway and build wastewater treatment plants, turning the Chonggaichung River into a promenade of reedy banks and tranquil pools of clean water. Malaysia spent over a billion dollars to restore and redevelop over six miles of the Klang River in central Kuala Lumpur, its capital city. It was one of the most challenging and expensive urban river revival projects ever undertaken. Yet none of these river transformation efforts, and few others around the globe, can match the cultural and economic success of the Riverwalk in Texas. The San Antonio Convention and Visitors Bureau and other local development groups say that 37 million people visit the city each year, generating 21,000 jobs and over $15 billion. That's 12% of San Antonio's annual economy. Almost every study finds that the Riverwalk is the civic resource underlying San Antonio's tourism sector. From Cypress Creek to the Riverwalk, from Wimberley to San Antonio and beyond, the heart of the economy and the pulse of community is where the water runs through it. For Circle of Blue, this is Eileen Ray McCann.